0: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. India continues to import silver at an insane pace. That's going to be the main topic of this video today, as the title suggests. We'll also be talking about some recent price action silver. Not a ton to talk about, but I'll be rehashing some of the things I said last week about uh, what I see to be kind of driving the market. We'll be talking about the commitment of traders' reports, see so what we can glean from that, as well as U.S. Mint uh, bullion sales. I think some important news there as well, but I, I did want to start off talking about, uh, Indian silver imports because I think there is a lot to talk about here. Uh, by the way, this is all from small gold, the, the website as well as YouTube channel. So please subscribe to this guy from, uh, you know, Lewis, uh, Camarasano. I always have trouble saying his last name, but he's a great guy. Talk to him. Um, very bright mind. So, so please subscribe to his channel because, you know, we're, we're taking this content from him. We're, we're, uh, picking this apart and and you know he gets it from somewhere else as well but he does a great job of a really uh putting it all together for us so thank you to him and and i'm sending me your way sending you guys his way to subscribe but um you know as this this video talks or what this what this uh i guess information talks about is just the insane pace that uh, india continues on in terms of their importation of silver now as of i think april of this year they were on pace for a record year in imports. I don't think they are anymore. You know, as he suggests, they're more on pace for 778, 700, 7,778 tons of silver. I think these are metric tons, which would be shy of the all-time high in 2015. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if we still got close, if India still got close to, to beating that. And the reason that I say that is that 2015, it was an exceptional year for Indian imports. It was also an exceptional year in the Uh, silver market in terms of price action. So 2015 kind of marked the low coming off of the highs in 2011. It it crashed 2011, it kept going down, down, down until 2015. I think it was the end of 2015, around the beginning of 2016, that silver bottomed out below $14 an ounce. And, And so it's not really surprising that we're seeing some similar levels of imports in India thus far in 2018, considering that the recent price action silver has been uh, pretty negative, right? It, it Recently, you know, it's been in the $14 range. It continues to be in the $14 range, as you can see in this little ticker up here. And so that's not surprising. And and, and especially, you know, once we get these numbers from July or August or September, um, it'll be interesting to see how many more ounces, how many more tons of, of silver the, the Indians imported. You know, 2018 could still be a record breaking year. There's still time for them to import a lot of silver. Now, to put this in, in ounce form, um, thus far in 2018, they've already imported uh, uh, roughly 125 million ounces, as as Lewis kind of lays out here at the top, 125 million ounces. So this is through June, okay, through the first, what, six months, of the first half of the year. And they've already imported roughly uh, one eighth of total silver production between scrap and, and mining, or at least what we think it's probably going to be. It tends to be around a billion ounces for both demand and supply, at least right now at this point in time. Um, so already an eighth of that, and they're only halfway through the year, you know, you extrapolate that, that's roughly a quarter of all silver that India is important. Now, part of that is because silver doesn't, or India doesn't really mine much silver, if any, in their own country. Uh, maybe maybe they do some scrap. But um you know, part of this is is that yes, India does produce a lot of of, of different electronics, different items that, that use silver, whether it's solar panels or electronics or whatever. And and I think that's part of it. But but another thing that I think Lewis lays out well in this article is, is talking about how India does um their their culture has an affinity for silver and gold. This is something I've talked about much in the past. For for whatever reason, you know, more so than I would say, even the West, they have a huge affinity for silver and gold, and and oftentimes just physical assets in general, real estate, silver and gold, sometimes jewelry, sometimes it's coins and bars. They just like it. They they give it as gifts. They they put a lot of their savings, their wealth into it. It's something that their their central bank, I think, their government, is not a fan of. Right, they prefer to have their money in the system, whether it's cash in the bank or money invested in the markets. Instead. They put in silver and gold and in real estate and stuff like that, and and I think that's a it's a wise move by a lot of these these Indians that have that type of wealth, especially if you look at um, you know the volatility of their currency and, and the fact that it's a uh, it's hardly on on stable footing. I don't blame them. Now they they do like gold a lot. I, I think a lot of Indians like gold more than silver. Now India, of course, has put on different uh, restrictions to to combat. This, this affinity for gold, whether it's sales tax or, or otherwise restrict or tax the importation of gold. So I think a lot of Indians just buy silver instead, give that as gifts or, or stack silver as an investment, a way to preserve their wealth. And I certainly think that, that when we see um, them stacking this much silver in 2015 and this much in 2018, I really do see it, I think, as, a, as an investment for a lot of these people. I can't speak, I'm not an expert on, on Indian culture, let alone um, the, the the stacking habits of, of, of Indian citizens. But um, it certainly would appear that they are buying at a low period for a reason that they're holding out for the long term. Is this preservation of wealth? Is it investment by a lot of these people? It could be both as, as it is both with, with a lot of us stackers here in the West, but, but it'll be interesting to see how they round out this year. And, and certainly they are, I think, a big piece of, of what's driving silver demand around the world. Uh, a lot of the West right now, United States, Europe, um, investment demand for silver is is in the gutters, right? It's just not doing super well. It's it's rebounding, especially with these low prices. We'll get to that later on with these U.S. mint bullion sales, but it's not what it was in 2016, 2015. You know, I think we're going to end with a similar year to something like 2017. So, investment demand here in the United States just is not. Putting as much pressure on the paper markets as it has in the past, but you know, India I think is really picking up our slack, and 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 um, I think they'll continue to do so until we we really I think here in the West and, and even places like Japan or elsewhere in the world really move into to the investment market in in a big way as as other assets fall. Something people have talked about for so long now, when the stock market drops. When the the real estate market crashes, any of that, you not only would expect the price of silver to go up in that period, but also you'd expect a lot of people to go into silver because they want something real. They want something that's not going to, to be uh, as subject to, to things like inflation, the erosion of, of the purchasing power of, of a fiat currency, or even just the fact that a lot of these assets are a lot riskier than they thought all along. So, you know i think um that's coming eventually but but in the meantime we're gonna see india continue to import a ton of silver again you know before we move on here please subscribe to, to smell gold um if if you're in a browser even if you're on a phone you can still uh, i have a link below in the description click on the link subscribe to his channel and it probably shouldn't close this video you can keep watching can just subscribe to his stuff real quick but moving on um i did want to talk about some of the price action in silver recently oh these these pop-ups for you love trading view for, for their charts but but they do have these pop-ups that they put on here all the time um, again kind of depressing chart continues to remain below 15 dollars an ounce you know over the last uh, five days here we, we saw a big drop at the end of last week uh, before it, it recovered some uh, this is kind of what i talked about back then that the price of silver i think will continue to be controlled by not just the u.s dollar but but Emerging markets and, and, more more specifically, China. If you want to consider China and, and their yuan, like an emerging market, but that's really has been what's been controlling the price of silver and gold for a while now. People have been looking around for what's controlling it. Why is it going? Yes, there's manipulation and all that stuff too. But you know, people have been grasping at straws. Is it strengthening the economy? Is it um, the, the, specifically just the U.S. dollar? Is it emerging markets or, you know, what is it? And and I think for a long time that the answer has been sitting right in front of us. It's been the yuan. I, now, now the reason that, that the yuan dollar exchange rate, and I'll bring it up here for you guys right here, the reason that it has correlated so well with the price of silver, that's not quite as clear. I could give you a, a great answer, and I'll make this a little bit more visible for you guys here. Let's see. Put it red. In honor of China's flag. Okay um yeah i think this one will work let's see here put on like a one month scale this one looks like it's not even the right china okay maybe we'll do usd i'm sorry about this maybe that's a little bit more accurate all right so basically as the yuan has gotten weaker you have silver go down as well and so you know that's really what we've seen over the last couple months now it's a it's a better correlation for gold, but but maybe you can see it a bit here um, as it's gone weaker, meaning that the exchange rate has gone up or the dollar's gone stronger. Silver has gone down. Now it's strengthened a bit, and, and you've seen silver recover some. But this has been a huge driving force. I don't think it's because China has pegged their currency to gold or pegged their currency to gold or to silver or anything like that. I think it's just I, I continue to think that this is this is a transitory market mover force whatever you want to call it uh it's not here to stay this type of correlation has occurred in the past with the yen occurred with the euro and and you know right now i think people maybe it's just that there's a lot of eyes on china and this trade war and as well as their economy which which continues to kind of sputter along i mean it's it's huge growth but but sputter in relative to the past and i think i continue to see this as big driving force and and i don't think that this trade war you know as you can see here it's it's strengthened some I still think it's going to be heading higher later this week. I don't think this trade war is over yet. I don't think the the um, the weakness in China's economy is over. I don't think that the emerging market crisis, which I think also is somewhat affecting silver and gold, is over yet. I think that's been suggested, or that's that's been proven, kind of by some of the recent uh, action and, and weakness in the lira just this morning, as as those traders in Turkey return from their week of vacation so um that i think this continues to be the the, the major thing to watch is is where is yuan going and, and to some extent where's the dollar going uh for, for where silver and gold will be heading next so you know i think the silver you know, i said this last week silver could be heading lower again to the mid or, or low 14 dollar range but you know, for for it to break through fourteen dollars or head into the thirteen dollar, twelve dollar range, anything like that, the yuan is going to have to become extremely, extremely weak, or else this correlation is is uh, going to cease to exist. So, that's my that's my talk of the price action. Uh, moving on to to the Commitment of Traders report, kind of some interesting things here. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but but the paper markets, that the the futures in silver, you know, maybe we can zoom in here a bit. For you guys, this right here is what I'm looking at. The red line is commercials and, and their, um, their speculative positioning. Uh, green here is the non-commercial, so mostly um, hedge funds and the like. And then the blue is just small speculators, usually not a huge market mover. But basically, the red is, is bullion banks, JP Morgan um, chiefly, but but other ones as well. And, and I guess the big story here is that, well, you, you see hedges going uh what would appear to be um net short silver and you have the commercials continue to be net short silver which is not totally unusual but the fact that they're they're almost even as of last friday and and the fact that hedges are so negative and and, and these banks are so close to being um, neutral or even positive uh you know what this would tell me is that this could be a a sort of a change in the markets, a a, a reversal of, of this downward trend, of this downward cycle, that if either, either A, J.P. Morgan and other bullion banks are now going long silver, or they've just eliminated a lot of their um, short positions as as silver has gone down and they've taken profits on that, and now they're choosing to go long or close to long, whatever it is, you know this signals to me that this could be the beginning of a big move up you know, once commercials go long, you know, once J.P. Morgan goes long silver, um, that's you know, that's that's game over for, for silver bulls, and and I think the possibility for something like a short squeeze in that situation would would uh, be very high, right? And and I think J.P. Morgan would stand to, to make a ton of money off that, both on their their paper. Uh, long contracts, as well as their physical long position that they hold in physical silver. It, it's just a matter of time. You know, wh- when when they come close, you see it back in here, um, you know, April and kind of the spring, winter of this year. Um, you saw them kind of in a similar pattern to where they're at right now. And lo and behold, the price of silver did not go up in that period of time. But, you still when when it gets in this type of, of of situation where where they're so close to to neutral when when commercials are close to going long hedges are short i think this this increases the possibility of a big move up but again you know pe- people talk a ton about the commitment to trade report but but what's what's going on in the currency markets and what's going on here with the chinese yuan you know is is the commitment of report for silver or gold driving the yuan i don't think so i if anything, it's the other way around that, that silver and gold are, are, are the yuan is driving the price of silver and gold. So I don't think, you know, it's a combination, as always, a combination of factors of, of where silver and gold are going in terms of price. But but I think that this is still very bullish and, and definitely something to keep an eye on uh, going forward here. Um, the final thing I want to talk about here uh, before I get into my little spiel at the end of this video is, is uh, U.S. mint bullion sales. So um, let's see here. This isn't zoomed in. Maybe I'll zoom it out for you guys. Uh, so what I'm looking at here is right here. This is month of August, 2018. And these are silver ounces sold, okay? Uh, which is, you know, over a million ounces already, you know, we where I'm recording this in the 27th of August, already outpacing July silver sales, which is encouraging. Um, and if you look uh, compared to last year, uh, I think this was August right here. and I'd, I'd have to double check on that uh yes august right here um so they had a huge july last year not as impressive of a, a august and and already this year and we're, we're not even done with the month and we're outpacing august from last year outpacing july from this year so that's encouraging for investment demand again this is not huge amounts of investment demand if i could bring up a chart here of something like 2015 2016 u.s mint billing sales um it'd be a difference uh you'd see maybe i'll do that u.s mint Silver eagle sales. If I brought that up for you guys, it'd be a totally different story, and it really puts into perspective just how weak uh, bullion demand, at least from the U.S. Mint, is. Now, we talked about this, I think, at the beginning of this month, that U.S. Mint, you know, bullion sales, I think, are. We'll, we'll pick 2015 here. I think are becoming a less and less legitimate mm-hmm. way to to measure, I guess, the uh, kind of a a benchmark for for silver demand. But but as you can see here, let's see here, uh, let's see. Okay, one ounces. Um, This has gold here. I want silver. Do I need to right here? American Eagle. By month. And maybe I'm just totally spacing out on exactly where it is here. 2015. Gold, 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 gold. Ah, maybe I have to go here. All right, um, there's platinum, all right, silver, look at these numbers, okay, um, five million, three million, three million, two, almost three million, um, going through the summer of 2015, two million, four million, five million, four million, three million, three, so huge numbers back 2015, um, looking at 2018 numbers, just, just do not compare to what we had back then, so, but, but again, I mean, I think people are just buying fewer and fewer American Silver Eagles, um as a proportion of, of all the silver they're buying anyways. Yes, they're buying less, obviously. Thank you, Captain Obvious. They're buying less 2018 compared to, to 2015. But I think that you know, if, if, if US or Western investors are buying 100 ounces of silver, maybe in the past, for example, 20 of those ounces or 50 or something were American silver eagles. And I think it's just a smaller portion uh, today. I, I don't know the exact ratio. Those are just thrown out there random numbers, but but I think it's a smaller proportion today. I think they're just not super exciting coins. I think a lot of people see them as that. Yes, there's pros to them, whether it's be be how they're they're treated in terms of taxes or or investments or whatever. I get those, but but I think a lot of investors are, are fine with just generic bullion. Or if they want a government minted coin, they're they're gonna go to somewhere with maybe a a, a, a mint with a higher numismatic value going forward, whether it's the Perth Mint in Australia, uh, maybe Chinese pandas, uh, Canada, and you know just north of the border they have some cool designs with maybe a higher resale. Uh, plus, it's it's .9999 silver, so a little bit more pure. You have the south of border, you have the Mexican Libertads, you have um, the the uh, what is it, British Royal Mint or whatever. Uh, the they have their Queen's Beast series and some other ones, and then and then you have the U.S. dollar or the U.S. Mint, which has their you know, American Silver Eagle and, and then some other specials that they run from time to time. They're coming out with a Palladium coin. They they have their, their America the Beautiful series. But I think it's just not maybe as much draw. You know, even the American the Beautiful series, I think I think they're still running it. Um again I'd have to check that. But uh it, it, I think it just doesn't have the appeal that it's had in the past, uh, maybe when it first started. So um, that's that right there. So before I get before I, I sign off here, I did want to show you guys something else right here. This is for my channel, so you can see my views, comments, likes, dislikes, all that. But anyways, the, the reason I'm showing this here is a list of my videos going back. Well, you know, as far as you want to go back, my videos that I've made, and and uh, not a whole, not a huge theme in my uh, my thumbnails, as you can see here. A lot of them have silver, but a lot of them don't. They're just kind of random, whatever. But but, anyways, um, I'm getting sidetracked here. In the last week, so this is a video I published on Sunday, yesterday, going through Monday of last week, talking about Venezuela. I published over three hours of content, seven days, three hours of content, including interview with Stack and 3%er. Um, interview that I did over on reluctant preppers this Friday, I should be publishing a new interview with a huge individual personality, whatever here in the silver community, not going to say who it's going to be a surprise. My Patreon supporters, which I'm going to get to here in a second, they already know who it is, but, but, or, or if they don't, I'll be published point posting about it today. But, um, the reason I'm bringing this up is that because this is YouTube, this has always been provided free. You know, the day that YouTube, yes, they have their YouTube Red or Premium or whatever, but the day that YouTube starts charging every viewer to watch videos is the day that I'm not going to be on YouTube anymore. I want to provide this for free, and and honestly, I'm I'm happy to have you guys here in the first place, watching this for free. You no, know, with that being said, three hours plus of content plus all the time that goes into creating all that content, uh, I I like to think that's a lot of value. Yeah, sometimes I ramble. You know, sometimes these videos could be a lot shorter than what they actually are. Did I need to spend 25 minutes talking about who I'll be the next Hunt Brothers? Maybe that could have been 20 minutes, 15 minutes. But the point of this is that there are some people out there on my Patreon, link below in the description, that do choose to support me on a monthly basis for as little as a dollar a month. You know, it's like a candy bar a month. Like how much would that impact your finances and how much has my content content impacted your life like how much do you how much how big of a part is my content and other creators like mine a part of your life do you listen to one video two videos a week three videos whatever it is um i would would i'd ask that you consider just checking out the page you don't have to sign up just check it out i have some great perks over there you know if you could be part of the community right now you'd see that um my posts over there i i regularly give updates on my future content ask my subscriber or my patrons some different questions um, and of course I, I also have my monthly, uh, live stream. Maybe I can find it somewhere down below here for, for August, but I have people on for live streams, um, where, where I just have, uh, let's see, probably this one right here. I have people, my, my Patreon supporter each month on for live streams, randomly select them. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. They enjoy it a lot. And, and, and I enjoy talking to, to you guys face to face or, or at least, um, in person or, or, you know, through speech rather than just typing all the time. And, and uh, that's a lot of fun, but I think they have a lot of fun doing it. And certainly if you think that I'm giving you that type of value, uh, I'd ask that you continue supporting me on a monthly basis. But if not, I'm happy to have you guys here in the first place. And this whole free thing is over on YouTube uh, is not going to change anytime soon on my side of things. So, you know, as always, thank you guys for watching these videos from the bottom of my heart and God bless.